Welcome to Eject Rejects. We are your rejects. I'm Forrest. I'm Jacob. And I'm Ian. And welcome back to our part two of the three-parter Christmas Chrysler Spectacular. Woo! Not actually anything to do with Chrysler. Don't Mary sue Chrysler. us. Mary Chrysler. Mary Chrysler. Don't sue us. <laughs> remember vines, everyone? Yeah. Do you remember the vines? The red vines? Wait, no. That's a different thing. I like... The black vines, actually, the black. Ew! Bush, the no, really you're nasty. Well, yes, but the only, only worst thing you could have said. Do <laughs> the only worst thing you could have said was to feel like Twizzlers. Uh, no, Twizzlers are just plastic. Twi- Twizzlers. You shut your no, no, whole no, no, mouth. No, no. There's there are two known evils in this world: Twizzlers and, and Santa geese. Claus. No geese. <laughs> no geese are evil. Uh, yeah, geese are evil. They have teeth. <laughs> yes. And they hiss. Yes. I know. Feed at, them all the Twizzlers and put them on their own island and kill them. At, at my old work, there was a really nice park right next to it that I used to take my walks on before work or during lunch, and it was filled with geese, and they'd attack me. And I always looked at them, and I'd say, if you get near me, I'm going to punt you across the lake. And they believed me because I fucking hate geese. I would like to correct you. There are three evils in the world. You missed one. It's Santa Claus. Today's episode, my pick, Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale, 2010 movie, foreign flick, so two movies in a row where you're going to have to read subtitles. I mean, what are you going to do, not watch them? <clears throat> we would suggest you watch There's all three right of them. There's a right or wrong <laughs> answer to this. Do it or we'll send a goose to your house. <laughs> Merry honk, miss. And, we'll also, and Twizzlers in your stocking, bitch. Can you crack? Honk, honk, no, honk, honk. <laughs> so, <can> I... <laughs> Ian referenced something that I'm just going to leave, but it makes me very angry. So for the few out there that actually caught it, congratulations, your life sucks. So, Rare Exports is a 2010 film directed by a gentleman that actually has only done two major films. Um... Uh, Jamal Hayland. So he's done Big Game. It was a Samuel L. Jackson movie. And this movie has been a concept or in the works for quite some time. In 2003, this individual had an idea for a, a film, a film about the original origins of Santa Claus. And what he wanted to do was really outlandish and a little goofy. So to get people to back his project and to give him money, he made this small short. It's called uh, Rare Exports Inc. in 2003, and he basically pushed it onto some uh, music, or sorry, not music festivals, movie festivals, and it did pretty well, finally giving him a budget. Um, he went through some concept drawings, and he was able to make in 2010 the movie that he wanted. Now, this movie, I feel like, is a movie for those who don't like Christmas movies. It is not your typical Christmas movie. When I was sitting down and we were watching these movies, all three of them, kind of back-to-back or in mm-hmm. the same week, the first film, Ian's, had a nice, cute little message, and then Jacob's had a nice, cute little message to it. And then we get to mine, and I'm like, mine's a evil Santa Claus horror film, but I guess it tracks... Yeah, I have to say though that this really does indicate kind of our own personalities as film critics because I go for the I go for the the heavy, you know, thoughtful kind of heady film that that probably might make you feel miserable but might make you feel something at the same time. Jacob goes for the very positive, wonderful, you know, fun films a lot of times, and then Force goes for the films that are just weird. They're just super, fucking weird, super weird, and foreign. 
<laughs> There's only been a few foreign films. Um, although in season three, we got a pick for a foreign film from me. But what this film is about is a small little Finnish community on the edge of this mountain. And this small little Finnish community deals in farming reindeer. Okay. And on on the edge of this mountain, this mountain basically being mined, and these miners dig deep and they find something in this mountain, and they realize that this mountain was built around a giant icebox to store something. And our main characters, and played actually by a father-son duo, these two were related, and oh, I really, really enjoyed that, because... Oh, the interaction rad. between these two was really great. The, the 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 kid actor, he's the one that actually has gone on in multiple movies. The other actors were in the original um, 2003 shorts. Oh, okay. And so they're friends with the director, but the kid, uh, Pietre, he did a really good job in this film. And he has a small little film career, uh, career but for the most part, the director and the actors, these guys were pretty new to this. And being able to make a movie that they wanted... A movie of such a weird premise that something is released from this mountain and basically starts terrorizing this small town, and it's Santa themed. I I thought it was really interesting. So if I was going to summarize this film into like a sentence or two, it would be finish the thing, as in John Carpenter's 1982 The Thing, but with Santa instead of an alien. That that's that's literally the film, and. I may have some problems with the film, but the general premise and the the interpretation of lore, which we can get into a little bit more detail, I thought was really, really neat. And for being a B film, it was actually very clever at times. And then there are other times I was kind of like, oh, or I was a little disappointed. But moving on from that, I do have to say that, yeah, this is basically the thing set in Finland, but instead of a shape-shifting alien, you've got fucking Santa Claus. <laughs> That's the film. Yeah, and like I don't know. I I didn't I didn't dislike the movie, and I thought I thought the overall story was in the end it was pretty clever. I just sometimes I felt like they were being weird just to be weird, not for yeah, any specific yeah. reason. It's just like Hey, we want our movie to be a little different. Let's be out there and weird. And and like I said, it it I think the I think the ending story and the big twist and everything, I think it's interesting enough to keep your attention, but some sometimes sometimes it was just like okay, was that completely like I get you're trying to be a weird and unique film, but was that completely necessary? And the answer to myself sometimes was no. And for Forrest, I don't dislike this movie, no, but you're fine. but but it's just that that kept that kept rolling through my head. I'm just like, what? That was not needed, but it gave me a chuckle, an awkward chuckle, but a chuckle nonetheless. And that that's how I would describe this film: weird and sometimes unnecessarily weird. What's going to make or break this film for a lot of people is the tone. It takes a very silly premise and plays it straight for the most part. Now, the ending being the exception to that rule. But throughout the majority of the movie, I feel like a lot of people going into this thing, it's going to be very tense um, thriller or kind of horror movie, gets about halfway through and they're like, okay, so where's the drama? And when we finally get to the drama, it's maybe either uh, not as 
ridiculous as they would have wanted, or the, the tone can be a little off-putting to some people, because when I first watched this film, I really enjoyed it, but I was not going into it expecting a very straight-laced movie about basically a naked old white guy what made terrorizing you, this family. Quick question. What made you want to watch this? Because like, it seems like such a random niche film, which, yes, that is you in a nutshell, yes. but, but it's... But it's is this Norwegian? Finnish. 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 Excuse. Yes. Sorry. Excuse me. Um. It, it, but it's a Finnish film about Christmas. It just. It doesn't seem like. On on that. It, when you explain it like that, it doesn't seem like something you would click on. So and that's a good question. I'm not huge into Christmas movies, or at least usually when I go into Christmas movies, I like the twinge of horror or um, a twist on the genre itself. I heard about the concept of this movie before I actually watched the movie. So I heard about the twist, and I was like, that sounds really interesting. So when I went into the movie and experienced the movie as a whole, it then grabbed me. Gotcha, And okay. the poster itself kind of sings to me as well. The, the, the poster is of this little kid in this huge, big, like, goofy um, red helmet staring at the Santa Claus who's in a cage. And it's got this kind of rustic feel to it. And just, it screams the aesthetic that I like. And so, it, I was drug in by the, um, the feel and the, the background of this movie and then fell in love with the actual movie when I watched it. Gotcha. Okay. Just curious. So, circling back a little bit to what you are talking about, Jacob, where you felt like the film was trying to be weird just to be weird at times, is, at the end of the day, this this is a horror film. It's not a slasher. It's not a body horror or any other genre it's, it's it's kind of a supernatural horror film i suppose technically it, it definitely the end it has that supernatural twist to it sure and many horror films especially the very famous ones are ultimately of extremely simple premise again continuing to reference the thing is it's about a group of people in a frozen wasteland and they unearth a thing and shit happens right you could basically use that definition to describe both of these films. Absolutely. However, I'm also going to go back to the old theater adage of, and then, and then. Okay, things happen, and then what happens as a result, and then, right? My point that is, is I feel like the film was missing the and then at times. It's like they had this crazy premise, which I will admit is fantastic and was the whole inspiration the way you're describing it for us for them to make this film because of the shorts but i sometimes feel like they were so locked into the 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 ending like oh this is what it's going to be about but we're not going to put as much meat if you will into or bones or bones And they were just left with a bunch of potato. Uh, yeah. Forrest forgot his Nerf gun this time. Yes, no, I brought it. It's just my son stole the Nerf bullet. So unless you want me to just throw the Nerf gun. I mean, please you don't. Do, you there's just enough, know dents, there's be, enough dents in my wall. It'll be thrown back at you just so you know. But from that perspective, it's like they had a bunch of meat, but they didn't have the Seltzotra structure to lay everything on at times. That's better. So, and... and we haven't given the we've given the very basic premise, but to kind of accentuate what I'm trying to say here, we should probably talk about essentially at least the beginnings of the film. So it's about, like we said, there's this mountain, and they're digging something up, and specifically it's some random company that is owned or being led by a huge character actor with a ridiculous accent. Yeah, and and that right there, he has this fascination digging into this mountain to find something which we find out later is literally Santa Claus frozen in the ice except Santa Claus is 
a giant with horns and, and stuff. Fine, whatever, not important. But they didn't really do anything with that, where I kept on wondering, like, okay, why does he care, though? And they kind of hint at it, but again, the end then, I felt like they didn't, I'm going to just call him the archaeologist, because he was kind of like a crazy, kooky, rich archaeologist. He was like um, uh, John Hammond from um, uh, Jurassic Park. Yes. He's very much like that. and that's. But they didn't really do anything in regards to like why he wanted to do all of that. And then he showed up for basically two scenes. So they didn't really explore that a whole lot. And then they instead focused on the Finnish family who's dealing with the fallout of this, which I thought was great. But then a lot of times in the film, it was just kind of like they seemed to know things or they didn't really properly explain things a lot of times. And that was, again, where the end then comes from is things happened but I didn't really understand why they're happening or what was the the point of this. And I think that was a disappointment because, again, I didn't hate this film. I thought it was very clever, and I really liked a lot of the stuff with it. I just felt like they didn't really stick the landing. I felt like they were on target, and then they just kind of belly flopped rather than did a perfect dive into the water at times. For, well, sorry, I'm going to no, squeeze go, in no, just go a little bit. I, I think for this film, maybe where it's, it's losing you, where I can see where it loses a lot of people, is that it's... It it takes this goofy premise and wants you to dispend, uh, suspend your disbelief, but then it serves it in a very cold platter, in a very... Literally very, and figuratively. Literally and figuratively, yes, most certainly. So it's like, this is a weird, goofy thing that's happening, and this is the loose reason why, but don't worry about that, just worry about how it affects the family. So you, you have to understand that this film wants... To wow you with its visuals and its heart and its twist, but doesn't really want you to think about how you got there. Well, I, I think that was that was probably one of the bigger issues I had with it was so my favorite part of the movie is like this little specific moment that happened, but my biggest problem with it was I felt that for all for the adventure we went through on this movie, we we go through we go through with this kid with his with his dad with his dad's friends and everything, and we go through all this goofy shit, and then it's it's like it's like you're right. It's like the ending. It was literally served to. It was like it was like we ordered a pizza, and they took a ridiculous amount of time, or so we thought. When it turns out they had left it on the fucking porch. And let it sit out and be cold. And we still get a pizza at the end of it, but it's freezing cold because it's been sitting out there for three hours. Like, I, I or it's if, like you or special order a Domino's and you you try and do something crazy with it, and then they just take it to literally you end up with a pizza that's not a pizza or something like that. Anyone who orders Domino's knows exactly what I'm talking about. Just bring you bread, or it's I like guess. Pizza Hut where it's all gimmicks rather than actual pizza. I don't know if we wanted to get into the specifics of it because I yeah, can. I think we, so. We have okay, so. I mean, spoiler warning here. So for those who are intrigued by the premise, I would highly suggest watching the movie and then coming back to this because this can ruin the movie for you. This can. And so obviously we find out that the real Santa Claus is evil. And for me, I think it was really, it was disappointing for me that we didn't get to at least see him even for just a second out of that ice block that he was in. Yeah, Santa never appears. You see him frozen in ice and then they blow him up with dynamite. Exactly. that, And that for me, it was it was basically like they took, they took all of that suspense and blew it up with dynamite. It's like, well, okay, shit, that sucks. I would, I would have, it, it, it's fine that he died. It's fine that they blew him up. I would have just liked if 
What does that look on your face? I would have just... like a gap with I w- <laughs> realization. Okay, I'll, I'll let you get to it in one sec. I, I would have just liked it, even if we had only seen him for just a second, like you see him, he goes raw and then still explodes. That would have been fulfilling enough for me personally, but we just see him as a big-ass igloo. Yeah, and I have a few um, thoughts of what would have made the ending better, but I'm going to pass it over to Ian here. The, the new name of this film is literally Finland Presents Santa Claus is the Thing, John Carpenter's Remake Part 2. Because the ending of this film is literally just like The Thing. Because in The Thing, fucking McCready blows up The Thing with dynamite, just like they do in this film, and both of the endings are not satisfying. The Thing ending... The thing ending is not satisfying. I, I I disagree, but I see where you're coming from. Yeah, no, I again don't hate this film, <laughs> but they had some missed opportunities. So the the main gag that this film finally led up to is that the the image of Santa Claus that we know, the holly jolly Coca Cola carrying Santa, he is not actually Santa. The image of the the big white dude with the big old fluffy beard and white hair, that is actually the elf. That is the the elf were the servants of Santa Claus, which is this giant like three-story beast that we when we get to the movie is frozen. So you just see his horns and this huge wicker kind of um like branch poking out kind of like a Krampus situation Mm -hmm. and he beats children and we're told that don't curse in front of the elves eat cookies and be merry kind of thing and appease them and appease the evil Santa Claus that speaks to these elves telepathically and they have this passing line where they say no wonder Santa Claus gets everywhere in one night because there's thousands of him what we think is Santa Claus is actually the elves and that was a really really clever ending or that was gag. The, that was the unique that was twist, the twist that I liked that I, that I enjoyed. Yeah. And then when we, they finally blow up the giant ice block center that once again, we never get to see the elves are lo- no longer given a purpose by the Santa Claus. They're just like blank slates. And so our crew, our main individuals train and domesticate these, these Santa Claus and then sell them to, malls all around the world to be your mall Santas. Which is where the term rare exports comes from. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I loved that. The, the twist there, because they, about, what, half an hour in the film or something? It wasn't a very long film. It was an hour and 20-ish it was, minutes. It was basically around when you have the traditional second act where things ramp up, right? Is they, they capture who they think is Santa Claus, and the scenes during that, when they have him captured, and they're trying to figure out what yes. to do with him, all of that was great. Because that actor who played who they thought was Santa Claus, but in reality an elf was creepy as fuck because he was a creepy old man, stark butt naked. With and he's not just, a line of dialogue at all. Not a single line of dialogue, and he's just staring at them. And they're like realizing, oh, he likes cookies. And he's sitting there going like... Well, and that that was my favorite know. part of the movie was was when they tied him up and he's he's swinging back and forth just staring, he's like swinging on chains. Yes, and everything. he's, he's yeah. tied up on chains because they they captured him and they're and the dad is a he's a butcher and so he's chained up in the butcher uh, which building. is a great locale and basically and, his their garage which was basically the meat packing facility yes, that they had in town but, yeah but they capture him and he's just hanging there swinging on this chain back and forth all tied up with just this blank stare staring at them and that i i was dying at that i was laughing really hard at that because that was funny yeah and i loved all that the second act of this film up until when they had the twist which is where the third act would take place i feel is when they realized that they don't they haven't captured santa they've simply captured one of his elves and the idea that all 
all of Santa's elves are literally what we think of as Santa. Gold. I loved that. It was just the fact that they built up Santa as this gigantic evil frost giant with big old curling ram's horns, like you know, Hellboy kind of style and everything. And then they didn't really do anything with that. That's where I was all like, uh, come on. I, it's I, a B movie. I want the big old schlocky, ridiculous I, showdown. With, no, they, you know, they didn't have a great budget. It was, and I was just, just under $2 million, And they say that, like, actually pulled strings with a small uh, CGI company to do these segments of CGI. So I think them trying to do that would really look horrendous for a film that they're trying to be somewhat straight-laced with mm-hmm. it and be very practical. But it would have been nice that it, maybe not show this thing completely in motion, not like something from Jurassic Park where they're riding away in this truck and the T Rexes must yeah, go faster, <laughs> stomping behind them. That might have broken that wall just a little bit. But like maybe right before they hit the uh, the switch for the TNT and blow him up, he starts cracking out of the ice, and you see a giant hand reach out, or you just see his face mm-hmm. kind of peek out from the ice. That small little hint would have gone a long way in a film that was ramping up. So. I felt like maybe they did what was best for the budget, but I can agree it was a little like I I wanted a big goofy monster. Me too. I don't know. I mean, this I know this is splitting hairs a little bit, so I won't get too far off the deep end on this. I, I see where you're going, where you're all coming from with the budget, but to me, it's like there's an easy way to do something like that. Like, let's just take the perspective of they're getting chased in the helicopter or they're getting chased in a car by gigantic Santa Cross. That's just basic force perspective. Just have a dude in a Hollywood store costume. It's going to look like shit, but it's a B-movie. Who the fuck cares? And just have the guy filmed as Santa Claus going, I'm going to eat your face, running down the thing after it. And then you just superimpose that in the camera. You know, it's just minor little things. Minor little things that wouldn't have been that expensive. It wouldn't have broke the budget. I don't need the big CGI thing. I don't know. I just My personal opinion is I would have liked some big fucking climax where it's completely cheesy and off the wall because it's a B-movie. I didn't have it, and that's why I was like, they they did this perfect jump off the springboard. And I'm like, oh, that looks so good. They're going to dive into war. And at the last minute, the guy just spreads his legs and goes, belly flop well, into the water. I mean, the, the lore in this film was... I, I felt like it was nicely packaged in the beginning of the film. The beginning of the film, we, we basically see this little kid, and he is hanging out in his room, his room just filled with thousands and thousands of books on the origins of Santa Claus and the folklores yes. behind mm-hmm. him. And and if you're paying attention, the beginning um, kind of intro with the credits spoils the uh, the twist near the end because it shows smaller Santas cooking children or boiling children and then it shows this giant Santa hanging over this like small forest with like kids hanging from his horns and it kind of spoils that forest so I felt like the lore itself was was fine as it was presented because I felt like if you maybe just ran into it a little more it would take away from the father son um, element it would take away from some of the the more stark flat based horror or tense moments that this had and it, it could be once again it just depends on your taste and maybe it's just what I wanted from a film and I really enjoyed it but I I thought it was okay as far as how it presented its lore for putting this typical Finland Santa Claus on its head I got to talk about my favorite thing in the film, which is also the thing I hated the most at the same time, <laughs> the goddamn stuffed toy that kid had. Oh, yeah, it was really weird. Yeah, oh, he yeah. has this, because the kid is, what, 
seven, eight years old. Sure. I think his name was Vupo. He was essentially pre, preteen. He wasn't like a five, six-year-old kid, but he was around that era where you know kids get defiant and everything, and they're old enough to kind of take care of themselves, but they're also little assholes. <laughs> but anyway, um, the kid, he has a stuffed animal. And typically when we think of stuffed animal, we think when they have a bear or a tiger or something like that, literally it looked like a stuffed piece of... I don't even know what this material like, was. It looked like a really gross pelt that was just like stuffed with sticks and then he wrapped twine around yeah, and just it looked like it behind some him. sort of weird beaver beaver pelt which is a deep take to something else and having buttons sewn on it and everything and it didn't even look like anything and he kept on talking to the stuffed toy like it was a person and he's literally dragging it around in the in the snow and everything i'm like god this thing is so gross and weird and it makes me unsettled and it's so interesting but oh, i hate it so much yeah but it stays true to how sure. kids actually are because yes. kids will do that they'll they'll run they'll run around with their favorite toy all day every day doesn't matter the weather if they drop it in mud they're not gonna go clean it they're gonna hug it tighter and it's, it's i mean that doesn't take away that it was a really gross looking bear i agree yeah, I mean, yes, it absolutely was, but it, it it plays into the the kid character quite well because there's a lot of kids that do get attached to an animal, stuffed animal, excuse me, and yeah, that, the things just kind of look, they start looking gross after a while. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and and you're correct on that part too, Jacob. That they got the kids right, the main character, the kid, they got him right, the way he portrayed. I believe that he was a kid, and the kid, how the kid would react in this situation till the end. But regardless of which I agree with you that absolutely. It's just, that's like a very B movie hallmark for me is something that's very weird or unique that you kind of focus on. And that stuffed animal, whatever the animal's name was, Vupo or, Vupo, Vupo or, something. or something like that. Yeah. It was a finished name. I Ugly ass monster thing. Yeah. I have another question. I'm, I'm having a really hard time remembering were there any women in this movie? No. no. So I wrote that down. I was gonna. I'm. I'm we like, mentioned. I was thinking and about we that, and had I was a like, few jokes about women, but um, and then we saw like one woman in the the background when they were um, originally waiting for the the reindeer to be rounded up. But there were no main characters, even side characters, that were women. It was just a bunch of men in this village carrying around guns, and kids also carried around guns. They were literally the same size as them. I mean, they yeah. they had made mention so. The the, the I, I want to note on the acting was really good. There's also Even, a lot of naked old guy. There was also a lot of a lot, naked all, old men running around. Yes, a, a lot. And, but, and when we mean naked, we mean you see everything. I mean, you it's see shadowed, a bunch of yes. shriveled walnuts. You see some stuff. It was chilly. But the the acting was really good. There was a there was a it wasn't it wasn't brought up a whole lot. They they had brought up it towards I think the about mm, second the the middle of the film, but um. They had made mention that uh, Piet- Pietre is the main kid's name. Something along those lines. I Piet- know I'm messing it up, but well, that's, Piet- that's how I heard it. Pietre's mother passed away, and um, that correct? Mm-hmm. I remember that them men- correct, they yes. mentioned that, and it it had um, it kind of strained the relationship between Pietre and his father a bit. Pietre's father. Um, he, I, th- I think he became a little more hardened. After. He wasn't able to bond with his son, especially right. since his son was spouting all these really crazy monster Santa Claus theories. So, and I think those two having their interactions with Pietre's father being a little bit harsh at times, and there were, there were, I'll, I'll just be blunt about it. There were moments where he was a dick. 
Yeah. Pietri's father was a dick at times, but oh, yeah. I think Forrest was, was, was telling me, he's like, just wait, you'll end up liking him at the end. And he was right. I, I liked the dad at the end, but once you hear that part, you kind of understand and you feel for him because, you know, that's a that's a hard task to take on. And you just you kind of appreciate the characters and the father and son dynamic afterwards. And yeah, I, I think those were just good characters and just solid acting throughout the film, even though this is a Finnish movie. Just to give some justice to names, because I did look them up really quick. So the, the, the kid's name was Pietari. So not Pietari, but Pietari. There wasn't any... Are though when the the father was pronouncing it, it was like it was very. No, yeah. I remember as Pietare was what typically sure? how they okay. said. Yeah, I'm fairly certain. And then the father's name was Raulno. I'm not going to remember any of that. So yeah, Raulno Cotino and Pietari Cotino. R and P. Yep, yep. Good actors, good characters. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the acting was good. I liked the acting. Okay. Um, with that, I think we're wrapping up. Uh, we're going to go with recommendations. Obviously, this being my movie, I enjoy the crap out of it. I'm not a huge Christmas movie fan, or at least your typical Christmas movie hallmark flair. My favorite Christmas movies being this and Gremlins. I really enjoy them. This has become now a Christmas movie kind of classic to me personally. So, I would give this one like a light recommend. I think there's better Christmas movies out there. I think there's better horror Christmas movies out there. I think uh, I I like Krampus. I like um, Krampus I, I, is very good. I can't I can't remember Christmas Evil and Black Christmas are also very good. Yes, and I, I so this one. Yes, I would I would eventually recommend it to someone down the line, but I think that there's just better horror Christmas movies out there. But you know what? I think these guys did a really good job with what they had. And even though it's not my favorite, and I I don't know if I'll have ever a really desire to watch it again, but I think at the end of the day, it's a unique enough story to justify watching it. But yeah, I... So, light recommend. So I feel kind of bad for us just because this is our second technical Christmas special and our first Christmas special was my first appearance on the show and our technical episode two of season zero, whatever we refer to it as. I'm going to say that this film was definitely a hell of a lot better than Jack Frost. Oh, absolutely. Fuck that movie. Once again, Jack Frost is a guilty pleasure for me. I Jack understand Frost that is, it is a weird. It, it, it's bad. Yeah, Jack it's Frost just bad. It's horrible. not weird. It's bad. Jack Frost 1997, not George Clooney, Jack Frost. Well, it was supposed to be George Clooney. No, and Michael yeah, Keaton. Yeah, yeah Michael. Well, oh, yeah. It was supposed to be for, yes. anyway, That one's not great either. We're not talking about Jack yeah. Frost again. I'd prefer anyway. to just go deleted and remove that from my mind. <laughs> a liar, liar reference. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to recommend this film to the average viewer. I think if you have an appreciation for B movies, if you like stuff that's weird and you're willing to watch a movie that ultimately ended the day is not going to be perfect or great, like I'm a fan of, and Force is a fan of, and Jacob is a fan of too, to some extent, I think. I would recommend it to that person who's looking to watch something that's going to be a little weird and not not perfect and not a big and budget. Doesn't film. mind foreign movies. Yeah, I would recommend it to them, but the average viewer, I don't think I will. Unfortunately, it's just a little bit too off the beaten path, if you will, compared to the average film to recommend to the normal person. I think, yeah, I still normal. really enjoyed it personally. Personally, I still thought it was fun despite my issues with the film. Alrighty, so with that, 
This is part two of three. Friday, Christmas, woo, we'll be releasing our final episode. Now, if you're looking for a more of a Christmas classic, that may be it. We uh, hope this... It is it, folks. Yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah. This is my... It'll be my pick, and my pick is the one that everyone's heard of, but I just I had to pick it this time. So, since I had such a flop last year, I had to pick like a solid, a solid <laughs> movie this year. Um, but yeah, and... Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for not ejecting these rejects. Love you.